0: Everybody loves the touchdown. Goes to the back of the end zone, and it is a grand touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam.
1: Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again.
0: It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron. For three for the win. But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? Each week, we dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger.
1: Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. Got a busy show for you in segment two. It's the Sports Business Radio Headlines. NFL Draft TV ratings, were they up or were they down? We will tell you. In segment three, we haven't done this segment in a while. Caught in the cross lights. If you haven't listened to our show before, it is the PR nightmare of the week. And yet another athlete finds himself in trouble when it comes to the use of social media. We'll tell you about that in segment three. In segment four, an enormous, ginormous TV deal. Made this week by the Pac-12. Really going to change the landscape of college sports. We'll break that deal down. That's coming up in segment four. A couple of other notes. Visit my sports business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. Become our Facebook friend. Follow me on Twitter. You can find those links on the front page of sportsbusinessradio.com. I'm on Twitter at Radio. Griggs, uh, NBA playoffs... Have been fun to watch L.A. and Boston on the ropes, and we may see some new blood in the uh, NBA Finals, which
2: I'd kind of like. I like that. I'm completely after that. That would be fun. There's been some great games, some turnaround games, some comeback games, and, yeah, it's been fun. I've been glued to that TV every night. It's great. Derek Rose,
1: youngest MVP in NBA history. Several companies activate around that. That's also coming up in our headlines. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be
0: right back. This is S.B.R., back with more after this. Heaven, have you ever been to it? Cause you look like
1: you never been. You're more like a hell's angel. And for you, I'd rather sin. Broken heart, love you with a broken heart. For you, I'll jump off Noah's Ark. Love is blind and hope is dark. Why does pain feel
0: so good? Love is science, live for you, die for you. And now that's smiling. Easy come, easy, easy go. That's just how you live. Oh, take, take, take it all. But you never get Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian.
1: Bill Hancock. He's the executive director of the Bowl Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Folster. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian,
0: appreciate it. Glad to to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com. And subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And stay connected to the business side of sports. Only with Sports Business Radio. It's time, baby. Special news bulletin. At Sports Business Radio, we're always on top of what's happening in the world of sports. And each week, we break down the stories you need to know about. This is Headlines. I want to be in the headlines. On Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Rouge. To be in the headlines.
1: It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headlines. Headline number one The Pac 12. Soon to be the Pac 12 has an enormous TV deal. We're going to break that down for you in segment four. Really going to change not only the college sports landscape, but uh, really the network TV landscape as far as sports is concerned. We'll tell you about this trend-setting deal, iconic deal, coming up in segment four. Our next headline, well, we've talked about this every week, the NFL, the latest from the courtroom, a federal appeals court agreed Tuesday to fast track the NFL's request to put its labor lockout in place until a new deal is finally worked out. The Eighth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in St. Louis set a June 3rd hearing with 30 minutes of oral arguments for each side before judges Dwayne Benton, Kermit By. And Steve Colleton. U.S. District Judge Susan Richard Nelson issued her injunction stopping the lockout on April 25th and denied the NFL's appeal two days later. The league appealed to the Eighth Circuit and the same three-judge panel issued a temporary stay of Nelson's order last week. The lockout was put back in place by the owners a few hours later. If you remember, that happened like almost at the end of the first round of the NFL draft, and the 8th Circuit is still deciding whether to make the stay more permanent until the appeals process can play out. Now, here's what you need to know. This is going to be like the all-star game of lawyers. And, you know, if there's lawyers out there, I don't want to offend lawyers, but I can see how lawyers get a bad name. And it's just, it's going to be so much money spent on this, I don't even want to think about it. But basically... The league's arguments on June 3rd will be led by David Bowles, while Theodore Olson will represent the players. Well, if you haven't heard of these two names before, the attorneys are two of America's most famous lawyers. They've argued against each other in the 2000 case of George W. Bush versus Al Gore. The duo also worked together in fighting California's ban on same-sex marriage. So the NFL and the players' grigs have Pulled out no stops or sparing no expense, you've got two titans of the legal industry that will be in a showdown on June 3rd in a courtroom, and we'll see what happens to NFL football after that.
2: It's just back and forth. It's like a, it's like a bad movie, this thing. This is like lockout lock on, lockout off, <laughs> lawyers in, lawyers out, and it's, it feels like it could be a red carpet event. Like, get the paparazzi, roll the red carpet out, because there's so much around this. so many, So much focus, so much money, so many big names. It's crazy.
1: I want to know what the billing rate is for David Bowles and Theodore (laughs) Olsen. It's probably like a minimum half a million dollar uh, retainer just to even talk to those guys. But, uh, you know, we'll see where this goes. Uh, As we talked with Jason Cole last week from Yahoo Sports, you know, this will probably end up playing itself out one way or another come July. And I think come July we're going to have a real good sense of whether or not this is going to continue to be tied up in the court system or if we may have football and maybe we'll have games come September 11th. Something that's interesting on this, Griggs, so, Osama bin Laden, this last week, killed in Pakistan. Well, the NFL is scheduled to have their opening weekend on the 10-year anniversary of 9-11. And I'll tell you what, and it's been said this week in other publications, if there is not football on 9-11 in this country, I think the NFL comes off looking greedy, and it is a PR nightmare for them, because that's part of this whole... Uh, I guess recovery process for some people is they've had sports to turn to and, you know, this represents greed and it's just not a good situation for the NFL if they miss that opening weekend, the 10-year anniversary of 9-11 when the Jets and the Giants are featured and the Washington Redskins.
2: Yeah, what a huge game and a huge opportunity for the nation. You know, football, everybody's going to watch it. It's the highest rated sport out there. And on 9-11, the two New York teams, I mean, just the the ways they could uh, they could make that such a big game you know national anthem that's going to be crazy i mean they'll probably have flyovers and right. all that it's going to be it'd be awesome and yeah if they miss it it's a huge huge miss by the nfl all
1: right our next headline even though all of this labor uncertainty has been going on the nfl draft always gets high tv ratings and again that was the case last weekend. The NFL Network averaged 566,000 viewers for its three day coverage of the draft, and ESPN averaged 2.9 million viewers for its three day coverage of the draft. Both of those numbers uh, were up a little bit from last year. So there's interest in the draft. Cam Newton goes number one. Um, you know, we'll see what endorsement deals follow for him. The names in the draft were big, it wasn't as big as some past years, but. Cam Newton, you know, has a huge deal with Under Armour, and they've invested a lot of money in him. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, who cashes in from the draft. But the weirdest thing, Griggs, is that these guys are drafted, and then they can't sign a contract. They've got no health insurance, so if they go work out and get hurt, they're totally screwed. Um, You know, there's no... Uh, introductory press conference or any of that stuff. It's just a really weird situation in the NFL right now.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like a handshake and a picture. I mean, that's basically what they do. They walk up there, you know, get the phone call, high well, five are their e- dad. <laughs> yeah,
1: there were even some hugs. Yes. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> hugging the commish. And, um, you know, you're hugging, it's sleeping with the enemy, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. But, you know, it's good for them. I understand big, big day for the guys that got drafted, but it's got to be weird. In a normal year, you sign your contract, you report to your team, you get the playbook, you get down to business. There were some guys in the first round who were able to get the playbook because the lockout had been lifted. But then the guys in the second round, officially, you can't get your playbook because the lockout is back on. Crazy. So I wonder if the guys who got the playbook in the first round will share with the guys who (laughs) didn't get a playbook in the second round. You would think that would make sense, right? It's like
2: a bad soap opera here. I mean, who gets the playbook? Who's copying
1: it on the copier in the office? Crazy. Well, as Jason Cole said to us last week, and this is so true, um, there's going to be an interesting learning curve with the rookies because of the fact that they're not going to be able to get their studying and get their playbook in and, and learn their teammates and coaches and all that kind of stuff. We'll keep an eye on that story, obviously. Our next headline, excellent TV ratings for the NBA playoffs in round one. ABC finished with a 3.5 rating, 5.6 million viewers for its four games. Um, and that's up about 15% from last year. And then TNT averaged a 2.7 U.S. rating, 4.2 million viewers, marking the highest rated and most views first round ever on cable. So ESPN, TNT, ABC, everyone doing well. It's been a compelling playoff so far, Griggs. And, uh, you know, Derrick Rose has been exciting. We've seen... The Lakers and the Celtics, who are usually mainstays in the finals, they're on the ropes, and we may have some new blood in there. Super friends in Miami playing very well, and lots of people tuning in to those games. So right now, if you're Commissioner David Stern you're pretty happy about the people that are tuning in to watch the
2: playoffs. Yeah, it's been great. And like you said, all kinds of, uh, of stuff going on. There's been some some pushing matches, some technical fouls, some clotheslines, as we saw in, the, in one of the LA games. And, you know, it's been fun. I love TNT's broadcast. I think they've done awesome this year. I love the, the Kevin McHale mix in there. I love just the, they, just, they sound good, they look good, and it's been fun watching it.
1: Yeah, I wonder how the NBA is feeling today about giving Ron Artest their Man of the Year award, their Community Service Award, when he... Closed lines. Barrera at the end of uh, game two in Los Angeles. Uh, oops. All right, our next headline. Boy, this is a shock. There's a report out that the Dodgers lack funds to make payroll later this month. We've heard this story over and over again about the troubles that Frank McCord is having. That's why Major League Baseball has assigned someone to basically manage the day-to-day operations. But There's a story that came out this week that said, you know what, he may not even make payroll at the end of this month. Griggs, this is such a train wreck. Again, with one of the iconic franchises in Major League Baseball, at some point, you know, McCourt still owns the team. But at some point, I wonder when Major League Baseball is going to say, okay, we're taking over full control of this franchise. You've defaulted. You can't make payroll. You're out, dude.
2: Yeah, it's a mess. And, and you know, like if, if your boss comes to you and say, hey, we're not going to make payroll, I mean, that changes how you, how you work. I mean, you've got to think the athletes, when they're reading these reports, hey, our team can't make us, you know, can't pay, make payroll, that has got to affect, you think it would affect them mentally on, on the field. I don't know. I just, it would affect me, I think, if I was told that.
1: Another headline that's not a surprise at all, the U.S. Justice Department has sent a letter to the NCAA asking for President Mark Emmert's thoughts on why there's no playoff in college football. Football at the highest level is one sport in which the NCAA has no control over the postseason format. We knew this was coming. If you've read Death to the BCS, we've had Dan Wetzel, the author of that book, on our show. The BCS is a mess. This kind of has become a high-profile thing in the last few weeks with uh, John Junker, the CEO of the Fiesta Bowl, being fired. We saw where money from that bowl was being spent, including on his ridiculous salary, and I think... Now, the Justice Department is taking a real close look at not only the BCS, but also the NCAA. Don't forget, you know, the BCS bowl games say they're a non-profit. The NCAA says it's a non-profit, but we see these enormous TV deals and other contracts being signed. And, you know, I'm not going to say the U.S. Department of Justice doesn't have better things to do because they do but i am as someone who wants to see a playoff in division 1 college football happy that this is being investigated maybe this will push us down that path a little further Greg.
2: yeah they got to get it done i mean it's just the money is there the setup is there everybody wants it the crowd the, the fans would love it you just wonder why they just don't make it happen because i mean how huge would that be for college football to have playoffs it'd be great
1: all right our next headline Pacquiao Mosley Saturday night MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Pacquiao is set to earn twenty million dollars. Mosley is going to get about five million dollars for probably getting his face bashed in from Pacquiao. But you know, Griggs, for five million bucks, I might get into the ring and get my face bashed in for a little <laughs> bit. I mean, I would just, I'd let him bash in my brains for like a round or two, and I'd run around the ring, and then I'd just take a fall, and I'd say, you know what? thanks for the 5 million. If that happens, we will we will definitely be posting that video link on our website <laughs> because
2: that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, I don't think Pacquiao is going to want to take uh me on cuz he knows that uh it would be a quick fight. Yeah. He he wants to work <laughs> up a sweat at least. For and sure. I think Mosley will give him a decent fight, but Pacquiao is probably pound for pound the best fighter in the world. The interesting thing about this is it's on Showtime. They've been doing something called Fight Camp 360. Um, it's been on Showtime and CBS. There are people like Bob Arum, boxing promoter, who would like to see boxing return to network TV. Back in the day, fights, the big fights were on network TV. It wasn't pay-per-view. So if boxing's going to continue to be relevant and mainstream, they need to get it back on network TV. They're hoping this fight is a step in that direction. All right, our last headline of the week, the Kentucky Derby. A run for the Roses. Saturday. And, you know, I'm not I'm not someone who's been to the Derby before. I'd like to go there. It's on my bucket list, but um, it's on NBC. I'm just not a big horse racing guy. I know lots of people go and they bet millions of dollars. And, you know, it is the marquee horse race of the year in the United States. Um, I like certain horses, I certainly liked Sackford Harriet and, and some of the o- other horses, but I, I don't know. I'm just not a big horse racing guy.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think NBC does a good job of it, and uh, it's it looks good on TV. It's it's I can see how people get into it. Um, obviously, the fans that go get into it, the hats and the ladies get into it. But yeah, I'm not a big horse guy. Um, but it is it is kind of cool that la- when it comes to the finish, it's always a, like a photo finish usually, which is kind of fun. So I mean, if I can tune in and see the last couple seconds, I'm there. But that's other than that, I'm not really into it. Are you gonna? to be sitting around with your uh, mint julep and and having uh, a
1: a cocktail while the race is
2: going on? Not going to happen. No. All right.
1: That's our headlines of the week. Coming up next, caught in the cross lights, another athlete finds himself in trouble for tweeting out something that he shouldn't have tweeted out. All right. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Well, I'm dusting off my golf clubs and looking forward to enjoying the gorgeous Oregon summer weather on the golf course. Like many of you, I'm on a budget. I want to tee it up when it's convenient for my schedule, and I enjoy playing golf courses that deliver a private golf club experience. That's why I want to tell you about the Ghost Pass at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club. The Ghost Pass is Oregon's premier frequent player program that allows you to play the world-renowned Ghost Creek Golf Course for over half off of the regular greens fees. And with your Ghost Pass, you can make your tee times 14 days in advance. The Ghost Pass program sets itself apart by offering a competitive tournament program, which includes one exclusive Ghost Pass event at Witch Hollow. The Ghost Pass is available for only $150, and here's the best part. When you sign up for the Ghost Pass, you'll receive a complimentary round of golf valued at $150, so you literally can't lose when you purchase the Ghost Pass. Go online to PumpkinRidge.com and sign up for the Ghost Pass today. I'll see you on the links.
0: For an in-depth analysis of the week's PR nightmare, Sports Business Radio presents Caught in the Crosslights. Crosslights. Well, if you've
1: listened to this show, you know that when I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I conduct media trainings. I work with athletes, coaches, politicians, celebrities to help them deal with the media. And part of the media now is social media, Facebook and Twitter. And it is unbelievable to me how many people time and time again are getting themselves in hot water for comments that they've made on their Twitter or Facebook pages. And we see someone again this week find himself in hot water. And that person is Pittsburgh Steelers running back Rashard Mendenhall. He made comments on his Twitter account after Osama bin Laden's death this past week, and To say they didn't sit well with many people would be an understatement, Griggs. Look, if there's any athletes, celebrities, politicians, anyone that's listening to this show right now, let me give you an umbrella rule. Two things. Number one, if you say it on Twitter or Facebook, you might as well be saying it to the New York Times. Especially if you're like a pro athlete or a celebrity, anyone with any recognition. Would you say it to the New York Times? If you wouldn't, then don't say it on Facebook or Twitter because it's the same thing. Everything's viral. Anything that's digitally uh, out there, whether it's a text, an email, a tweet, a Facebook posting, it's public record. Don't say it if you wouldn't say it to the New York Times. Number two, avoid discussions about religion and politics on your social media pages. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. If you do those two things, I think you're going to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that most people fall into on Facebook and Twitter. But, Griggs, it's amazing to me that people just don't seem to think that this is going to get out there. Hey, I'm just talking to my Facebook friends or I'm just talking to, you know, my 50 followers on Twitter. Well, people retweet things. People copy and paste things. People can print stuff in other mediums out there. And Rashard Mendenhall came out after Osama bin Laden's death and basically said, what kind of person celebrates death? And he went on to talk about, um, you know, people who were excited that bin Laden had been killed by U.S. forces. OK, look, everyone can have their opinion. Talk to your friends or your family about your opinion. Why do you need to go to the Twitter or Facebook universe to express personal opinions on politics and religion? I don't get it, Griggs. I mean, you know, the Steelers are in a tough situation here. Mendenhall's teammates are in a tough situation here. There's people that died on 9-11, and this impacted many, many people. It was a terrible situation for the United States, and frankly— These comments make Mendenhall look a little bit insensitive to those people and a little bit un-American. And again, he can have his own opinions. There's a lot of people that I know that have sharp opinions on things. They don't share them via their social media pages. They don't share them on their radio shows. I'm not sitting here every week giving you my personal opinions on politics and religion. There's just a time and a place for that. And I don't know that it's on your Twitter and Facebook page. And Mendenhall is kind of the poster boy now for screwing up on Twitter.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, like, when you're sitting there about to write this tweet, what are you thinking? I mean, you know, is he, is he got guys peer pressure around him, or is he just sitting there by himself? I gotta get this out. But, yeah, not, I mean, a terrible timing, too, with the NFL lockout. It's always not good, cause it gives the NFL and gives him a bad name and a bad look, and the Steelers a bad look. And, uh, so it's not, not good press that way. And like you're saying, too, the ESPNs and the, and the media's out there, they're following these guys. The second that goes out, it's out. I mean, you know that. You watch ESPN or anything. this tweet was out by this guy and this guy. I mean, it's out there the second he hits enter on that keyboard. So Mendenhall wrote a blog entry
1: after all of the furor of his tweets. And he said, and I quote, I want people to understand that I am not in support of bin Laden or against the USA. I understand how devastating 9-11 was to this country and to the people whose families were affected. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called some serious backtracking. He also said, I believe every opinion should be respected or at least given some thought. I apologize for the timing is such a sensitive matter, but it was not meant to do harm. I apologize to anyone I unintentionally harmed with anything that I said or any hurtful interpretation that was made and put in my name. It was only meant to encourage anyone reading it to think. OK, um, again, if you want people to think. Maybe those are, are private conversations. I mean, you know, it's a hard line, Griggs, because so many of us criticize the Tiger Woods of the world for being canned and scripted and not giving us any insight into uh, what makes him tick. Then you have a guy like Mendenhall, who I think goes the other way and is a little bit too forthcoming with his opinions on things. And, um I just don't think this was the platform for it. And again, if you go back to my two rules, A, would you have said this to the New York Times in an interview with them? Probably not. And B, why do you need to discuss politics and religion via your Twitter account? I just, you know, and the other thing that's interesting here, Griggs, is because we're in a, a work stoppage situation in the NFL, the NFL can't fine him, penalize him, there's no governance over NFL players or their tweets. Trust me, this is not the last time that an athlete, especially an NFL player, is going to find controversy via Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, with the work stoppages going on, with people having sharp opinions, it's going to continue.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, and especially when these guys, if they start missing some paychecks, anger's going to start getting in, they're going to start getting frustrated, they're going to start losing money. That's when you might see more of these tweets going out just because guys are are angry they're just ticked off and they, that's a way to that they think they can get it out and no one's gonna really care But so ryan clark his teammate
1: mendenhall's teammate was on Sirius satellite radio this week um, and his quote was social media is ruining the world facebook and twitter are probably going to be responsible for more divorces than infidelity coming up here soon so that's a you know another thing here is You've got, the good thing about Twitter is there's no filter. You know, if you want access to a celebrity, if you want access to someone directly, you can engage them. There's no media filter. The bad thing about Twitter and Facebook is there's no media filter. So these guys, when they, or or women, I mean, we've seen people lose endorsement deals. Uh, the guy who played the Aflac duck that, you know, had harsh things to say about uh, Japan after the tsunami. Just stupid. He lost that endorsement. It, it just it, it boggles my mind that people don't realize that these aren't toys. You know, Twitter and Facebook have a lot of power to them. And if you're going to get behind the wheel of your computer or your mobile device and start putting things out there, um, it, it's going to have an impact and you're going to have repercussions and people, like you said, you know, on Sports Center or wherever it is, they're checking tweets. I mean, there are people whose job is to monitor athletes and celebrity tweets and put those up if they're sensational and bring attention to those. And these guys have to know that. But it's remarkable to me how many times they know. And then, you know, in Mendenhall's case, I think he was trying to have a deeper conversation and and quickly found himself um, let's just say way over his skis.
2: Yeah, i and just like you, I'm, I'm sitting here and talking. We're talking about. It, I'm just. It just baffles me because it's like, what causes these guys to do this? And it must be that you know you're sitting in the, in your room or you're on your your car or wherever you're and you're tweeting out because you're by yourself and you don't realize that you're you're about ready to talk to 50 million people in two seconds. You know, and I think it's just that you know you're not standing in front of a crowd where you visually see these people. Right. You're sitting by yourself and you think, oh, no one's going to see this. And then it's like that. It's out.
1: Well, it's kind of like us with our radio show. You know, we sit here in a studio and it's the two of us and we don't see our listeners. So you sit and sometimes you uh, think, "Hey, we're just having a conversation, but you're not. We're talking to you, the audience, and there's a lot of people out there. And this could be passed on to you know, other people and spread virally on the Internet. So word gets out quickly. Now, the Steelers have really tried to d- distance themselves from these comments, at least, even though, again, you know they can't really lay down the hammer on Mendenhall because we're in a work stoppage situation. So Steelers director of football operations Kevin Colbert told Sirius XM's NFL radio, the comments by Mendenhall were ill-advised and not reflective of the organization. How many times do we see organizations... Uh, try and distance themselves from players, coaches, uh, front office executives when they make comments that are controversial like this. And again, you know, when you have the Laden death was so highly publicized and covered and covered from every angle, when you have an athlete weigh in with an opinion that isn't reflected by the masses. So, you know, he's asking why people are... Um, happy that someone was killed, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster for the Steelers, for the NFL, and for Mendenhall personally.
2: Yeah, and like you're saying, the, the Bin Laden thing was so huge and worldwide, and, and everybody that was on Twitter and Facebook, I mean, you're looking for you know that name, Bin Laden, so when you see an athlete, I mean, everybody's looking for that name, so when they see it pop up, they're going to read it, and another reason that it just goes viral so quick, because when he types out a tweet that talks about Bin Laden, well, people are looking for that information, and they're looking for that name, And then it just makes people see it even more.
1: I mean, look, there are a lot of people that, as we said earlier, lost their lives on 9-11 and were impacted on 9-11. And I think his comments came across as insensitive. And yes, it sounds like he was questioning why are we celebrating death, but I think a lot of people uh, in this country feel like bin Laden's death is part of the closure process for turning that page on a horrible, horrible time in the history of this country. And, again, when there was so much sentiment against bin Laden, when you have someone who comes out and goes against the grain on that, it's going to get news, whether it's Mendenhall, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, who pretty much said the same thing that Mendenhall said and took some heat on her Twitter account this week. But, again, the moral of the story is If you're going to tweet something, if you're going to put something out there on Facebook, it's going to be seen, it's going to be heard, it's going to be spread. So, would you say it to the New York Times, and do you really want to go politics and religion on your Twitter and Facebook pages? Think about it next time you get behind the wheel of your computer and you're going to engage in social media. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about the record-setting TV deal for the Pac-12. Lots of elements of that deal. We'll break it down for you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. will be right back.
0: Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this.
2: But you're so hot that I melted. I fell right through the cracks.
1: This is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, we'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me, At Brian at SportsBusinessRadio.com. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. A enormous deal in the world of sports this week. And it seems they just get bigger and bigger every week. And that sports is somehow uh, bulletproof to the economy. But the Pac-10, soon to be the Pac-12, has agreed to a massive media rights deal with ESPN and Fox It's worth $3 billion, with a B, over 12 years, and it's going to average about $250 million a year and is going to include football, basketball, and Olympic sports. It quadruples what the conference was bringing in with their old media rights deal, and Griggs, this breaks down to $21 million a year for the 12 schools over the 12 years of this contract. When you can inject $21 million a year into your school and your athletic department, those are enormous numbers. And it's also going to be really terrific visibility for the Pac-10, who a lot of people say, hey, because they're on the West Coast, people in the East don't see them. Now you're going to get exposure to the East Coast. It's going to help with recruiting number of different facets to this deal, but just at its basis, it's a ton of money.
2: Yeah, I remember when I when it first came down, I'm like, billion, and I'm, I had to look at that, three billion, this is unbelievable, and it's huge, I think, for even the smaller schools in the Pac-12, too, you know, the Oregon States and the Washington States, maybe, and some of these schools that don't have that cash flow coming in every single year, now they've got that guaranteed 21 mil, man, I mean, that's going to be some renovations, that's going to be some new, some new ballparks, some new places, it's going to be great for the schools.
1: So, there's other facets of this deal. And it's really a blow to Comcast NBC. They were trying to pick up the rights for Versus. If you remember last week, we told you about the NHL re-upped with Comcast NBC. They're going to have their games on NBC and Versus $2 billion. This deal was a little bit too rich for the blood of Comcast NBC to throw this on Versus. But a lot of people this week have been saying, wow, ESPN and Fox in on this deal. Well, Fox had to be in on this deal because they've lost the Lakers to Time Warner starting after next season. Fox needed this programming. They couldn't be left out in the cold on this. The other thing is is ESPN, they've made money with college sports, and this is good programming for them, gives them a lot of content, um, really strengthens their foothold on the worldwide leader in sports. And then, you know, the guy that really needs the most credit for all of this is Commissioner Larry Scott. Larry Scott used to be with the Women's Tennis Association. He did some innovative things with them. But he was brought in to be commissioner of the Pac-10 because he's an outside-the-box thinker. And he understands how you put these deals together. Tom Hansen, his predecessor, had been there a long time. And as I've said on this show previously, he'd kind of turn into Weekend at Bernie's at the end of his tenure. He was a guy that you just propped up at meetings, and uh, I think someone was puppet master behind him, and um, he just was not engaged at all. Well, Larry Scott comes in, he's got energy, he's got relationships, he understands how to put together big media rights deals, he understands... What's coming in the future, that it's not just about TV, it's about digital content, mobile devices, showing your product on the Internet. And this deal across the board has all of those elements to it. So that's why you hear the athletic directors and the university presidents in the Pac-10 this week singing the praises of Larry Scott because he's quickly established himself as one of the true power brokers in the world of sports, as I said on my Twitter account this week.
2: Yeah, and I think you hit on it with him being so into the future. He knows what's ahead. He's working. He's not some old, you know, fuddy-duddy sitting back there, oh, we can't do digital, this, this. He looks past what's, what's going on right now to see what's ahead. And like you said, so calm, cool, collected, has energy, knows people, confident. I mean, you just, you just know he went in there and they were just like, we got to get this deal done because he had that energy and that confidence that it just had to happen.
1: So in addition to lots of money for each of the schools, like I said, $21 million over the 12-year course of this deal per year. The Pac-10, again, soon to be the Pac-12, is going to start its own network on cable television in 2012. And the big difference between the Pac-10's network and the Big Ten's network is that the Pac-10 is going to retain full ownership of the network. Larry Scott said, we didn't feel we had to give equity to get the broadcast and cable packages we got. So... That network is going to carry at least 350 sports events. Pac 10 is also creating a digital channel, much like ESPN3, to cover at least 500 events annually and a properties division to handle those sponsorships. So, you know, when you get this kind of content, if you're ESPN or if you're running it as the Pac 12 is going to be doing, you need to sell sponsorships around it to, I guess, make that $3 billion dollar figure come to life, and so you break even or hopefully even make money on this. I think ESPN makes money on this. I think Fox makes money on this, and I think the Pac-12 is going to make a ton of money, not only from the money they're getting from ESPN-Fox, but I think they will make money on their own 24-7 network.
2: Yeah, and I think when they launch that network, you're going to see a big boost. And the thing that's cool about that is I even find myself sometimes, sometimes watching the Big Ten network because it has the sports you don't get to see. You know, it's it's not just football, basketball, you know, baseball. Are you watching table tennis? <laughs> table tennis is where I'm at. Yes! No, but it's, you know, the oddball kind of stuff. Right. That, that's kind of cool. You don't see that from the universities you like. So uh, I think it's gonna be that's going to be huge for the Pac-12.
1: Well, and again, it's great for recruiting. If you're an athlete and you are looking at schools, male or female, And you know, hey, you know, I might be seen on the Pac-12 network or I might be seen on ESPN or Fox. That's definitely compelling to you. And I think it's great, like you said, that some of these secondary sports, rugby, tennis, whatever it is, that those athletes are getting a little bit of exposure. And, you know, there's going to be some Olympic elements to it, too. The thing that's really mind-boggling, in addition to $3 billion, is the fact that this deal now is – bigger than the Big Ten's deal, and it's bigger than the SEC's deal. So oftentimes we hear that the Pac-10 is at least third behind those two conferences. This deal is bigger than those two. And like I said, the Pac-10 is going to retain full ownership of their 24-7 network, which isn't the case with the Big Ten. So all the way around, I don't know if Larry Scott could have done much better than he did. The only thing that people question is, okay, this is a 12-year deal. So in year 12, and let's face it, do you really think this is going to get to year 12 without being renegotiated? I don't. But if it does, is the deal still valued at $3 billion? And what does the world look like then? I mean, are we going to be the Jetsons flying around in little saucers? And, uh, you know, (laughs) who knows what we'll be able to watch on our mobile devices and iPads at that point. But, you know, we're trying to project 12 years into the future what the world of media is going to look like.
2: That's a good point. Jetsons flying around. Who knows? I mean, we could be wearing gas masks and on some other planet by then. The sad thing is there's
1: probably a, a good segment of our audience, Griggs, that don't even know who the Jetsons yeah. are. They're like, Jetsons?
2: Who are they? Yeah. Google the Jetsons and you'll know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Bring them up on YouTube and, and you'll understand. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I think uh, it's it's all around good. I think when you have the ESPN and the Fox tie too, you're going to have the coverage. Um, you know, the the great cameras, the great hosts, the the special guys that are on these campuses covering these schools. Uh, and I think it's going to just it's just going to boost them all the way around. I think it's going to be exciting.
1: Well, and the remarkable thing is Griggs is that there were like major basketball games in the Pac-10 that weren't being televised at all by anyone. So now all of those will be televised either by ESPN, Fox, or on the Pac-12. All right. Coming up next, before we leave you, I'm going to give you an example of how if you're an athlete or a celebrity, you can stick your name on pretty much anything, and it's going to become a sellable product. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. In this city.
1: Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new sports executive speaker series events which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio.
0: This is Sports Business Radio.
1: Well, congratulations to Chicago Bulls guard Derek Rose for becoming the youngest player ever to be named NBA MVP and the NBA The Bulls and two of his biggest sponsors, Powerade and Adidas, all activated around Rose's honor this week with commercials. You can find those online. Um, I thought they were pretty good, and that's part of the game, is being ready to activate when something big like this happens, and his major entities were. Griggs, I was saying last segment, if you're an athlete or a celebrity, you can pretty much stick your name on anything and go out and sell it. Here's my point. Miami Heat forward LeBron James and LRMR CEO Maverick Carter announced this week they have teamed with Dale and Thomas Popcorn founder Warren Stroll and Marquise Jets partners and co-founder Jesse Eitzer from, to form Pure Brands LLC, a holding company whose inaugural product will be Sheets Energy Strips. Now, if you've seen these, I've seen pictures of these. They're basically like flavored sugar strips that you put on your tongue. I want to know how these give you energy. This is like a big deal. Um, There's going to be a June launch. It's going to be supported with a $10 million marketing campaign. If you or I tried to sell basically sugar strips that we put on our tongues, no one would buy them, but because it's LeBron James, people will go out there and and probably buy these things. It's just ridiculous.
2: It's crazy, and I just would have loved to be the guy that that called up LeBron, hey, we got a new uh, idea for you. We're going to make some energy strips you put on your uh, tongue. I mean, what's LeBron say? The first comment here is hears that I, I think it's great. Hilarious.
1: Well, and I want to see, like, do these things really give you more energy? I mean, like, let me see the scientific study that says, hey, because I put on the LeBron James energy strip on my tongue, I went out and scored this many more points or I had this much more energy and endurance. It's flavored sugar, people. <laughs> I mean, my lord. But hey, it's probably going to make LeBron a ton of money. So good for him. All right. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Jared Melzer, Patrick O'Neill, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Just click on the iTunes icon on the front page of sportsbusinessradio.com to have our show podcast downloaded to your iTunes every week. And we'd love it if you post a review of our podcast on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at SBRadio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Keep staying alive, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Sports Business Radio.